Are you looking for ways to strengthen your marriage? Would you like to raise children you enjoy being around? Do you long for a peaceful, orderly home that's a blessing to everyone who comes through its doors? Then you've come to the right place. I'm Jennifer Flanders, a Bible-believing, homeschooling mother to 12 and host of the Loving Life at Home podcast. Join me as we discover what God's Word has to say about marriage, motherhood, and minding the things that matter most. Hello, friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Loving Life at Home. This week, I'm answering your questions about date night, starting with a message I received from a listener a few weeks ago wanting to know if having a regular date night is essential to a happy marriage. Her letter to me was long and personal, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but to sum it up, she and her husband were being pressured by an extended family member who believed that a couple who neglects date night is setting themselves up for divorce. My listener writes, my husband explained that we normally do try to do something special on Thursday nights after the kids go to bed, but this family member said that that wasn't going to cut it because we needed to disconnect from home. This was upsetting to me because my husband and I have felt like date nights at home are how we connect most comfortably. Personally, getting someone to watch the kids, going out with a nursing baby, and figuring out somewhere to go that isn't too far, too expensive, or too crowded is a little too stressful to encourage good conversations. We've had enough date nights the end and feeling stressed out and like we spent a lot of money for not a lot of return. I found that our bed is the place that we have our best talks, sometimes into the early hours of the morning and feel the closest in our marriage. Does this mean that our marriage suffers? I would love to hear your thoughts. Now, what this listener really wants to know is whether I agree with her strongly opinionated family member. Is date night essential to a happy marriage? Is it necessary for a marriage to last? Now, strictly speaking, the most essential thing for a successful marriage is commitment. If both the husband and the wife are fully committed to marriage in general and to each other in specific, then their marriage is going to last. But most of us want our marriage to do more than just survive. We want it to thrive. And I do believe that Regularly nurturing your relationship with your spouse is vital for the health of your marriage. Time together is important. But there's a big difference between saying a date night is a smart way to nurture your marriage and saying that without it, your marriage is doomed for divorce court. I, I don't believe that at all. And the form that that date night takes is entirely up to the couple in question. I have friends who seldom ever miss date night, and they go away with their husband one or two sometimes three or four times a year as well. And for some couples, the only way that they can ensure concentrated, intentional time together is to establish that weekly date night away from home. And for those couples, their marriage might indeed suffer if they cut out that practice. But date nights... While they can certainly facilitate the goal, having regular nights out on the town or weekends away from the kids is not the only way to nurture your marriage or to spend quality time together. And you're never going to find in the Bible a verse that says, thou shalt not neglect weekly date night. You will find verses saying not to neglect other things that married couples should be doing, but you're not going to find anything about you need to leave your home and leave your children with a babysitter to go out once a week or you're going to fail at marriage. I don't 
think that that's the case. If it were, my husband and I would be in serious trouble because out of the house date nights were very rare for us too, especially when all our kids were little. And in 36 years of marriage, I can literally count on one hand the number of weekends away that we have had without at least one of our children tagging along with us. In fact, the first time we managed a weekend away without any children, not even a nursing baby. We were going on a marriage retreat with our church, and when we got there, we found out that they were splitting husbands and wives up. The men were in a cabin together. The women were in a cabin together. So even that was not the romantic getaway that we had envisioned or that you might envision when you hear that we're going away for the weekend. We have a lot more date nights and now in this season of life, though, because our kids kids are all mostly grown and uh, the others are teenagers and they get involved in lots of things outside of the house. And so sometimes my husband and I look around and realize that we are left alone in the house and he'll say, hey, do you want to go out on a date? And we will pack up and leave and do that. But um, for the most part, we really like being with the family and that's how we've chosen to do things. But in those same 36 years, we have set aside time daily to throw the latch on our bedroom door and spend time as a couple talking and praying and doing what couples are commanded to do in scripture. So in that sense, we've had very intimate, meaningful dates nearly every day of our married life. And like my home-loving listener and her husband, we believe the quietness and privacy of our bedroom provides a better setting for good conversations than noisy restaurants or crowded movie theaters. If you, like we, have found a way to make sure that you're regularly pouring into your marriage without leaving the house or paying a babysitter or battling big city crowds and traffic, then more power to you. But if you like going out and you feel like that is the best way that you can nurture your marriage and spend quality time together as a couple, then that is fine too. It really is up to the couple involved. Unfortunately, sometimes couples are not on the same page as to how best to nurture their marriage. And I've gotten a couple of letters from ladies that have found themselves in this situation. So I'm going to answer those today too. One writes, Dear Jennifer, what do I do when my husband doesn't see eye to eye with me on cultivating our marriage? I have brought to my husband's attention numerous times in playful ways, trying not to nag, that I would love to go on a date with him again. I can't remember the last time we did. His response is generally a chuckle followed by a comment that we will when we have the money. It's been a couple of months now, no dates, no change. He is only really amorous when he or I initiate intimacy. We have friends I know who would watch our children for free, and we've done the same for them, but I fear that if I give up on him initiating this and make all the plans myself, I will just resent him for not being the man and doing it himself. I don't want to whine to him. I pray about it, and I ask God to make this a priority to him, but I've also prayed that God would change my heart to be content with the romance in the mundane. It's not as easy easy a fix as I hoped. He was so romantic and creative when we were dating, homemade desserts, hikes, galas, long chats, and long walks, and he always initiated it, which I loved. How do I get that side of him back? Any suggestions are most appreciated. Have you ever felt like this wife? frustrated that your husband won't take the initiative in planning date nights? There is an easy fix for this problem. Just take over the planning yourself. Reading between the lines of this woman's letter that I abridged for this podcast, I could almost hear what was going on in her mind. And maybe you've entertained thoughts like this yourself. 
If my husband really loved me, he'd understand why date night is so important to me. Or maybe if he really cared, he would see how desperately I need a break. Or our relationship is obviously more of a priority to me than it is to him. Otherwise, he would want to nurture it too. Or maybe planning dates is really my husband's responsibility. It won't mean as much if I do it. Or maybe you're thinking a real man would want to romance his wife after marriage as enthusiastically as he did before. Or perhaps you're thinking if I give in and start planning our dates myself, he will lose all initiative and never plan another one. But let me just say that all these thoughts are lies straight from the pit of hell. Don't listen to them. Satan loves to blind us to all the wonderful things our husbands do by focusing our attention on what they don't do. Please don't fall prey for that trick. Or else the hurt that you feel right now is going to grow and fester until you're completely overtaken by bitterness and malcontent. It was obvious from the omitted details of this woman's letter that her husband is very devoted. He cooks dinner. He helps with cleaning. He's a wonderful father, she says. All the while, he was working on a very difficult postgraduate degree. But it was also obvious that her own plate was very full during that season. She was working full time, caring for a toddler, carrying a new baby, which pregnancy in itself can be exhausting. And as all moms know, it can wreak havoc on our emotions. But... Maybe you've had similar stressors in your life. If so, just please accept the fact that you are in the midst of a very demanding time of life and that all those present challenges will eventually pass. And they'll probably be replaced by new challenges, but the point is it does not last forever. You won't always be deprived of sleep. Your husband will eventually finish his degree or get a promotion or whatever the case may be. Your pregnancy hormones are going to dissipate once you deliver your baby. Your husband may even rediscover the creativity he put to such good use when you were dating once his schedule is not so busy. In the meantime, I recommend that you just stop hinting and start acting. If you're desperate for a date night with your husband, then go ahead and plan one yourself. Tell him that it's important to you, but that you know he's busy with other responsibilities and you're more than happy to make the necessary arrangements. So what day would work best for his schedule? Then line up a babysitter or swap childcare with a friend or send the kids to the grandparents for the evening and make it a night to remember. Let yourself enjoy it just as thoroughly as if your husband had planned it instead of you. Your carefree smile with no undertones of resentment or disappointment will remind your husband of the girl he pursued so creatively when you were dating, and that will be great for your marriage. When I was dating my husband, he wrote me lots and lots of letters. That really stole my heart because I'm a big letter writer myself, and I love the fact that we shared that in common. But we've been married now for 36 years, and I could count on one hand the number of handwritten letters I've received from him since our wedding. Although, as I mentioned before, he does sometimes write himself notes of things he wants to tell me when he gets home from work, which is a habit that I adore. But those lengthy letters are no longer necessary because we are together every single evening and we can talk face-to-face now. And we can also do other things now that we're married that were out of bounds before. And I would trade all the romance and creativity and correspondence that characterized our dating for the, quote, mundane pleasures of married life in a heartbeat. Nevertheless, that has not always been my attitude. When I was younger, married just a few years with a couple of babies and roller coaster hormones and a shoestring budget and a husband that was working on a very difficult and demanding professional degree, I threw my fair share of pity parties. 
Although I was completely blind to it at the time, I was extremely selfish and self-centered during those early years together, and I'm convinced our marriage would not have survived if God hadn't changed my attitude so that I stopped focusing on perceived shortcomings in my husband and on trying to change him, and instead woke up to my own shortcomings and allowed God to change me. A friend of mine recently told me of a romantic getaway that she and her husband, who is also a physician, had taken this summer. She was still elated from the wonderful time they had together, and she smiled broadly as she explained to me how she had planned the whole thing herself. She called her husband's office and asked the receptionist not to schedule any patients for the days he'd be out of town. Then she bought the airline tickets and booked the hotels and packed the bags and picked them up from work and drove him straight to the airport. And she said that as she pulled into the parking space, he looked her directly in the eyes and said, thank you. Thank you so much for making this happen. Because they both knew it would not have happened otherwise wise, as the responsibilities of running a busy practice would have convinced him he couldn't take the time away. But she also knew that making the time was important for both of them, and in the long run, it didn't really matter who made the reservations. So if you want nights out and your husband is willing to take nights out but doesn't have time to plan it, I would recommend that you plan it yourself. Now, I wrote more about this topic on my blog, and I'll link the article in today's show notes. But as a follow-up to the original article on what if your husband won't plan date nights, I got a letter from another woman who had this to say. I have a question about this date planning yourself aspect. My husband really doesn't want to go out, and he has told me so in no uncertain terms. So what if I take the initiative to plan a nice date, and then he gets upset at me for forcing the issue. I could see it going either way. And my answer there would be to plan some special things to do that don't require leaving the house. Um, I understand this woman's concerns, and I agree there's a big difference between planning a date for a husband who is willing but busy and forcing the matter with a husband who has made it clear he prefers not to go out under any circumstances. Some husbands are extremely introverted and they don't enjoy being in a crowd. Others are stressed by financial burdens and they don't see how they could find money for expensive dates on a regular basis, and still others are just tired after their long day at work and they'd rather relax at home. If something like that is at work in your own marriage, then I suggest discussing it with your husband and come up with some acceptable alternatives. If it's just that he doesn't like crowds, then pick something isolated. If he's concerned about spending money, then pick something inexpensive or free. And if he'd rather stay home, find something that you can do there that will draw you closer together. Dates do not have to mean candlelit dinners or blockbuster movies. Consider his interest. Would he like to go fishing, just the two of you? Does he like cars? Maybe you could go to a local showroom and take a test drive. Does he like gardening? Pull weeds together and visit while you do. Is he a fan of Monday night football? Then learn the rules of the game and make a big bucket of popcorn and sit on the couch beside him cheering on his favorite team. You get the idea. You adapt yourself to him and learn to take enjoyment in the things that interest him. And if you want some more ideas for dating a husband that would rather stay home, I share 15 of our favorites in a blog post by the same title that I will link in the show notes. They include things like cooking a meal together. You can throw something on a grill for a casual picnic on your patio, or you can go gourmet and serve it up on fine china with fresh flowers and crystal stemware and candlelight. You decide what you would enjoy the most. Or you could read a book together. Take turns reading aloud from the same book or sit side by side reading different books and discussing the best parts. Or maybe take a walk together. You can amble around the block, through the gardens, or just to the mailbox and back. Hold hands and enjoy one another's company. Then 
And another suggestion would be to play a game together. We love bananagrams and chess, Scrabble, or watch a documentary together. Pick a topic that interests you both and learn more about it. Or if documentaries aren't your thing, try a foreign film with subtitles. One of our favorites is Life is Beautiful. Such a great, great movie. Then another suggestion is set some goals together. Where would you like to find yourself in 12 months or in five years or 10 years? What would you like to do or what do you need to do right now to make those dreams a reality? That's great questions for discussion. Or maybe do a project together. Whether it's changing the oil in your car or cleaning out the garage or taping off a room and giving the walls a fresh coat of paint, find a task that needs to be done, then tackle it as a team. Then another idea would be to get some exercise together. Try a new workout video or see how many jumping jacks or sit-ups you can do. You can hold his feet and count for him, then trade places and let him do the same for you. Another idea is to reminisce over old times together. Break out the photo albums or the scrapbooks or family movies and go through them page by page and frame by frame. Which memories are your favorites and what do you hope to never go through again? Then another suggestion would be to take a bath together. A long soak in the tub is very relaxing and provides a great opportunity for talking about your day. Or if you don't have a bathtub big enough for the two of you, try taking a hot shower together. Another idea would be to gaze at the stars together. Head outdoors once the sun goes down and admire the full moon or watch shooting stars. You can sit on the porch steps or break out the long chairs or relax in a hammock and soak in the sights and sounds of the evening. Or throw a quilt on the ground and just lay on the ground and and watch. If you have access to a good telescope, so much the better. Then another idea is to plan a vacation together. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would it be? Get out a map and chart a course. Google your destination and discuss what kind of activities you'd do once you get there. Research has shown that planning a trip is half the fun of going, so enjoy this process, even if it's unlikely that you'll actually take that trip anytime soon. Another idea would be to say your prayers together. This is so important, so helpful to uh, drawing you close as a couple. Did you know that couples that pray together regularly have less than a 1% incidence of divorce, according to some studies? If you and your spouse have not already made it a habit to pray together, start now, date night or no. Then another idea would be to do something creative together paint some pictures, or sculpt with clay, compose a song, take up whittling, write something from the heart, then trade what you've written and edit each other's work, or sign up for an online class and learn a new craft together. And last but not least, get naked together. Throw that lock on the bedroom door and do what married couples should do and enjoy that one flesh union that God has so marvelously designed every chance you get. So, is your marriage doomed if you don't have a weekly date night out on the town? Not at all. But is spending time together with your spouse important? Absolutely. The Bible talks about the iron sharpening iron aspect of friendship, and marriage is a friendship. But the only way that one piece of iron can sharpen another is for it to be in close proximity and to spend time together. It's not going to happen in isolation. In the same way, if you want to grow as a couple and get to know each other and deepen your relationship and strengthen your marriage and nurture the love that God has given you, then yes, you need to spend time together. You're going to have a hard time nurturing your marriage if you never see one another. You've got to prioritize time together and find meaningful ways to connect on a regular basis. Thanks so much for listening today. If you have a question you'd like to hear covered on this podcast, message me on Instagram at Flanders underscore family or contact me through my website, lovinglifeathome.com. 
Before you go, if you've been encouraged by something you've heard on the show, do me a favor and forward the link to a friend or head over to Loving Life at Home on Apple iTunes to subscribe and leave a written review of the show. Your doing so will help others find me so they can listen too. Until next time, I pray the Lord will bless your efforts to build a loving home life centered on Him.